You're listening to 103.5 WNHH Community Radio in New Haven, Connecticut. This is A Table Underground, and I'm your host, Tegan Engel. We're digging into inspiring stories of food, radical love, and creative social justice. Teenagers are some of the most entrepreneurial people I know. They have creativity, energy, and often want to do something meaningful in the world, not to mention trying to figure out how to make some money in the process. Today's guests are no exception. Giselle Kondo and Anaje Stevenson are two of the high school students in the Growing Entrepreneurs Program of the New Haven Land Trust and New Haven Farms, which are two local organizations in the city of New Haven, Connecticut. This program sprung up to give teenagers jobs and get them out into community gardens to help them with professional skills and life skills, such as carpentry, communication, growing food, and understanding environmental issues. The teens are also learning how to turn their ideas into actions, how to do business planning, and money management. Through the entrepreneurship program, Giselle and Anaje have each developed a product that they make and sell that uses ingredients grown in the gardens. I invited them to share about their experiences developing their ideas, starting a business, and to talk about what it's like to do all of this as a teenager in the world today. Hello, Anaje and Giselle. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Thank you both for being here. Um, I wonder if we could just get started. Uh, Maybe, Giselle, I'll start with you. Can you tell me what got you interested in the Growing Entrepreneurs Program? So, actually, um, my friend Leisha, she was supposed to come, but she couldn't. Um, She told me that she was doing a program because, well, yeah, yeah, program, because her brother did it last year. And so she said that, it's like really fun and that her brother really liked it and so i was so she gave me um how do you say it when you're like oh like an application yeah an application Mm -hmm. and i read everything and i was like wow this is like something i want to do because ever since i've ever since i was younger i would um i don't i would always be like interested in doing like so many stuff Mm -hmm. like when I was younger, I used to make, like, makeup, like, by myself because it was, like, it was fun. Like, I thought everything was fun. And I like going outside. I like doing all of that. And I don't know. I just really wanted to do it. And I thought doing the Going Entrepreneurs Program would be a good thing for me because um, I like to be really creative sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. And Anaje, how about you? I got involved with the Growing Entrepreneurs because I wanted when I went, when I grow up, I want to own businesses, mm-hmm. and I feel that the growing entrepreneurs will help me evolve my entrepreneurial skills. Cool. Yeah. So I want you all to describe what this program is, so we can understand. Like you both just talked about different pieces of it already. Mm-hmm. Giselle, could you start with the part around um, just what are some of the activities you do, and then I'm going to ask you to explain like what some of these bu- business skills are that you're learning. Okay. So some of the stuff we do is we go out to the garden and basically we either plant or harvest or take out the weedings and the vegetables. And and also we do a little bit of labor. We get to build beds for like other people. So you're building garden beds that people yeah, are garden, growing food yeah. in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we go to like different places. Last time we went to a church and we, we helped them and... We go all around everywhere, and during the summer, we um, we worked at Ferry Street, and mm-hmm. we built a fence for the for the whole garden, and yeah. it looked really nice, really really nice. We all worked together on it. 
Cool. Yeah. yeah, so you've got like these outside parts and garden part. And then you mentioned this whole part about wanting to learn business skills. So can you describe a little like how does the entrepreneur side of this, the business starting side of this, what are you learning and doing in that part of the program? I'm learning how to evolve my communication skills and like how to market a product across multiple like different platforms Mm -hmm. like Facebook and Instagram. And you, as part of this, did you have to come up with an idea to start a business that was connected with the garden? Yes. And what, can you describe a little, what's the business that you have decided to start? I make um, candles. They're called, my brand is called Anajay's Candles. Nice. And I pretty much just use herbs that I grow in Grand Haven, the um, blue cornflower and chamomile. Mm-hmm. And... That's pretty much, along with wax and essential oils, that's pretty much all that goes into the candle. That's really cool. What what made you start thinking about candles? Like, out of all the things you could make, why candles? I seen a YouTube video of a guy making candles and selling them on the street. Mm-hmm. And I thought the way he made the candles was pretty cool. So I wanted to try it and just kept with it. Nice. And so you have like dried herbs and flowers like cornflower and stuff and chamomile. Um, how did you choose those? Like how did you learn about what those those things were and why why did you choose those? The blue cornflower and the chamomile were like one of the two main herbs that we had in the garden. And when I first started, I only started with chamomile, chamomile, because that's all I had at the moment. But then I went to the garden and I seen that we had blue cornflower. So I started adding that to the lit, to the candles. Mm. Does it look, can you see the, the pieces of the flower in it, in the candle? Yes, you can. Nice. And do you smell it? Like when, when the candle is burning, do you smell the smell of the flowers and stuff? Or is it just for sort of for the beauty of it? It's um just for the beauty, mostly. Yeah. You can only smell the um, essential oil at the moment. Cool. And so you were having to learn these entrepreneur skills about like, did you have to pitch this, come up with this idea and pitch it to people? Is that part of it? Yes. I had to do an um, an elevator pitch at the um, Ideasphere a couple months ago in Fairhaven. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it? Yes, I do. Could we hear it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even remember the event. Oh, oh, you don't remember the pitch? No, I do all not. Right, that's all right. So, um, and Giselle, what did you, uh, what is the product that you're developing? Um, uh, right now, I am in a business with my partner. And his name is Devante. And he also works at, with us in New Haven Land Trust. Uh, we are making natural soap, body soap. And... Our brand is called Natural Body Treatment. And right now we're doing we also have chamomile mm-hmm. in the soap and we use the bottom of the um uh, of the chamomile mm-hmm. and we put it all the way to the to the bottom so you can use it as an exfoliator. And okay. it 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 smells really nice. Oh my god. <laughs> it smells nice and I I like the way it leaves your hands because what we decide first we decided that we were going to do two different things 
and then we combined both of our ideas because um like both of the stuff that me and him wanted to do mm -hmm. we needed to pay like a fee for something and so we decided to come up with an idea and together and we did soap so what you had to pay a fee for what for doing a different kind of business yeah we, yeah it's um we were gonna do a body scrub but you have to pay like three hundred dollars for like that i don't know to start a business like that versus doing soap yeah hmm. yeah i wonder what that's about yeah all right and um we started making soap and basically glycer gl when you go to like the store to buy soap they take out all the glycerin in it like the everything like all of that is they take it out and they put fatty acids everything and like all that bad stuff in inside the other soaps but the glycerin is actually really really good for you and so we decided to use that type of soap base mm -hmm. so that's not left out on our soap and so that's why we call it natural <laughs> body treatment because we use the chamomile and in spanish it's called manzanilla and whenever you're sick or something you ha you drink manzanilla so it's like a treatment mm -hmm. like like it's like supposed to like relax you mm -hmm. and we use yeah. um organic um essential oils yeah mm -hmm. we try to like we look Take at the ingredients snap. and everything yeah 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 it's great I, you know i noticed like i was at a store the other day and i was trying to find soap and i was looking at the ingredient labels because i usually buy like a natural soap from somewhere um but i was in like a different store and i was surprised like when i'm not gonna say which store but just like a big box store mm -hmm. and every single bar of soap on the shelf had like a hundred different chemicals in it so yeah. it i, mean, I don't think most people look at their ingredients in their soap mm -hmm. but it's true it's like you're rubbing it all over your body yeah. right <laughs> it's like what, good if it's more natural yeah one thing i've noticed is that with soap it leaves your skin really really dry mm -hmm. that's why i don't like that's why we decided to do this because i hate that mm. it's like so annoying and does yours not leave your skin real dry no, how do you make know. it not leave your skin dry the glycerin base that helps it okay yeah that helps it but um we're also thinking of doing a shea butter base mm -hmm. so that would be even better maybe mix them together yeah a little i was bit. thinking that yeah, yeah that's good i use a lot of shea butter that's so good for yeah. your skin so do you just have one um recipe you have your chamomile how do you yeah. say it in spanish manzanilla manzanilla yeah you just have your manzanilla so yeah just okay. for right now but yeah. we have to make more <laughs> yeah and you have it like in a pretty described yeah. that little package right there you so, brought in a sample yeah it has like a design on the cardboard and both of the ends they indent together. I don't, it looks really nice. I, yeah. I like it. I really yeah. like it. Can I it. smell the soap? Yeah, it's in here. And so where are you selling the soap? Um, we can sell at, we sell at the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. Or... Mmm, it smells at, delicious. Yeah. I see what you mean. It's like the, the um, flowers are at the bottom, yeah. so that's more like the scrubbing mm -hmm. side. And then what makes it all yellow? It's sort oh, of like we shiny a, yellow at the top. We use a pigment, but mm -hmm. it's, it's for the soap. Like, it doesn't... It's like... It's kind of glittery, but it doesn't leave your hands glittery at okay. all. It's pretty. So it's like a little round soap in this yeah. very pretty box. It seems like a nice gift to give somebody. Yeah. Like a. So what happens when people come to the market? Are they how? What has your interaction with people been so far? Um, good. They they like it because they like seeing like teenagers do this. Yeah. Like I like seeing that too. I like that. That ev like everyone should obviously always be involved in something, not like just stay home and mm -hmm. do like whatever. But like I feel like it's better for us to already know because when we're in this program, um, 
we learn everything like how to manage your business how to uh, make a cost for it how to make sure you're making profit everything and mm. it's like i don't i love it yeah yeah and Najee, how has that been for you like that business part of figuring out the expenses and how to package and sell can you talk a little about that yeah it's been pretty good so far i like the um like Tizel said with um like figuring out how much it's gonna cost and like the profit I like doing that like seeing the math behind what it takes to run a business can you describe it a little because I think like a lot of people who haven't had to do that don't understand like it's a little more complicated maybe than it seems can you describe like what you had to figure out about your candles yeah um I had to figure out because I buy a lot of my things in bulk Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out the price for one item, yeah. And then I put it all into a Google Sheet, and the Google Sheet did the math like for me. So after I did the math, I figured out, for example, like five dollars and fifty cent. I figured out that's how much it takes to make one candle. For ingredients. Yeah. The, wow. The ingredient wise and like the labor. Okay. That's how much. That's how much it takes to make one candle. So then I learned that I have to sell it for more than $5.50 to make a profit. Yeah. And you also just jumped over something because that's good. You said like the ingredient cost and the labor cost. So first you had to put in the spreadsheet your ingredients and get your ingredient cost, right? Yes. For one candle. How did you figure out your labor cost? Um, Well, the minimum wage in Connecticut right now is $11. So that's just... For one hour. Mm-hmm. So that's just the labor cost for one hour. It's just $11. And so did you make candles and then divide up like approximately how much time it was going to cost you? Or you just, or how much time it would take to do it? Or how did you figure out the the labor cost that way? Um. Well, all the candles take the same amount of time to make. Mm-hmm. They all need 24 hours to set, technically. Not depending on how much. It doesn't matter, like how long it takes you to make it, mm-hmm. per se, they all still need 24 hours to set. Right. Because a lot of times when people figure out labor costs, they'd say like, <laughs> okay, I got my bulk ingredients and I'm going to make, maybe when you make a batch, it's like 25 candles. I don't know, I'm just guessing. And then you kind of measure how much time it takes mm. to make that many and then divide it divide it up, right? Because it, it might take an hour to make one candle if you're just making one candle, but if you're making 10 or 25 at a time, it so is that sort of a process you did or you're just kind of guessing a little bit because it's still in the early stages it is still in the early stages (laughs) yeah no it's a lot of and you shouldn't feel like weird about mixing that up because actually like i know people who have opened restaurants and cafes who haven't actually figured out their actual labor costs very well so it's not it's not really the easiest thing to figure out so um so you got your your ingredient cost you have your labor you have to factor in something for labor. And then did you start selling your candles somewhere? Yes. I um, I started selling my candles at the... Well, right now, I only sell them. I only sold them to um, Fairhaven Furniture mm-hmm. and the farmer's market on the Quinnipiac River. Cool. And are you there, like, at the farmer's market, are you there selling to people, like, face-to-face? Yes. How has that been for you? What's that experience like? It's been pretty good, you know, figuring out, answering their questions on, like, 
why I do what I do mm-hmm. and how I got started with the business. Yeah. And you said you're interested in starting other businesses. What is your, what's a dream that you're working towards? When I was younger, I wanted to um, own hotels and I still want to, but at the same time, I want to like be involved in other um, businesses as well. Okay. Like fashion and real estate. Nice. So is there a part I hear that you're like excited about businesses? Is what's a part of this um of this program so far that has been most exciting for you? Um just making and selling the product. Yeah. Is like you like the hands-on part of it? Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so before you did this program, were either of you inv- had you ever spent time in a garden before? Um my mom actually had a garden in the backyard mm-hmm. so we would spend time there that's where i learned about compost actually and then they taught me more about compost in the program mm-hmm. and i don't know i think it's cool uh, it, it, it's good for the environment it's good that you're not just like leaving it like plastic anywhere mm-hmm. like it's i don't know i just think it's really good but yeah i also, my aunt is in the um, the garden. She's in the garden in Fair Fairhaven, the yeah. community garden that you yeah. work out of. Yeah, mm, and I heard you live like right in, down the street, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, do you go over there and spend a lot of time in the in the community garden there? Um, that uh, that's actually the other group that's okay. in the fair. Yeah, there's two groups. I'm also I also live like right next to um Grand Avenue. Mm-hmm. So that's the garden that we mostly work at. Okay. And the other group works in Fairhaven. Okay. And what are some of the things that you enjoy growing in that garden? Um, we grew like a like a pump like pumpkins, mm-hmm. and we had a very like this. I don't know what shape. Like it Round. was like a small mm-hmm. small pumpkin, and it was so cute. But mm. then it died, and so we started growing a watermelon. It was this small. It like was a golf ball size. Yes, and mm-hmm. Esther gave us um, a piece of it. It was good. Really, a teeny yeah. tiny one? Yeah, it Aww. was good. <laughs> How about you, Nasha? Had you spent any time in gardens before the program? Before the program, I have not spent any time in a garden. And how has it how has it affected you to start spending time in a garden? It made me realize like how important it is to learn how to plant vegetables and yeah why was it why does it feel important because there's a lot of fast food nowadays it's just like important to know how to grow your own food mm-hmm. have you shared that with your family at all or did it make you inspired to do it anywhere else um i actually started a little garden in my backyard but then it, it didn't end well what happened? <laughs> I forgot about it and it died. Oh, yep. You know what I do in my garden? I actually, because, it, you know, you get busy. It's hard to go out. And in the summer when it gets so hot and everything dries out, I put uh, um, a little sprinkler with a timer on it. So it just goes on for like 15 minutes in the morning, like in the morning, just in the summer when it's like really hot. That was the only way I could keep my garden from not dying because otherwise, yes, it's very easy to have it die. Because yeah, if you think about it, we need vegetables and fruits to live. Mm-hmm. Like, if we didn't have that, we would, like, all die because mm-hmm. 
that's very healthy for us and we all need to learn that because before before like restaurants and everything that's how people were alive at least how, that's how they stay alive so i think that's really important and yeah yeah and so do people in either of your families like do they like getting veggies from the garden do they like that you planted this garden at your house yes yeah <laughs> yeah my dad loves the jalapenos yeah yeah the peppers yeah and my mom likes the cilantro and I'm curious what cultures are your family connected to, like in terms of your heritage and what kind of veggies or fruits or, or herbs or even weeds or things do you like to eat within your, your families? Um, well, my family is mixed, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure, like, heritage-wise, like what vegetables and stuff is... Are there certain things that you like to, that your family just likes to eat? No, not one specific thing. We eat a lot of things. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? Where is your family Um, heritage from? Well, everyone in my family is Ecuadorian. And so I guess you can say like that, I don't know, we really like cilantro. Like everyone likes cilantro. But I feel like that's like, like, that's like for everyone. Not Mm -hmm. like for everyone, but like. It could be for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah, know. lots of cultures eat cilantro. But yeah, yeah, so I really don't know what to say. Does your family grow like there's certain um, herbs and um, oh, my veggies f- that you can't always get at the grocery store? Does your family like use the garden as an opportunity to grow those things? Um, like recao or like other things? No, because no. we need seeds from those, and if we get seeds, we have to go to Ecuador to get mm. them. Yeah, but they like growing fruits. Oh yeah. Yeah, like the peach trees or like plums. Mm-hmm. They love that. Mm-hmm. Do you love have that. one in the garden or by we your house? We used to. Yeah. Yeah, we used to have one in the backyard. Mm, I think we should get you some seeds. I bet, <laughs> I bet we can find some connections to. There's a lot of people starting to grow things from other countries here. Yeah. So that people, there's so you know our our country has people from so many different countries, and so um, a lot of people are missing their their veggies mm-hmm. and their herbs and things. So I think we could find you some. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious about some of uh, your experiences. Like how many teens are in this program? There's 10 of us. But yeah, there's 10 of us. Okay. So there's two groups, basically. One group is always... Um, is always like at the farm and everything. And then the other group is at the farm too but they they are also doing their entrepreneurship program and is this the farm with new haven farms or with um there, yeah that's the two groups new haven farms groups. and new haven land Trust. okay and yeah. so new haven farms has the farm over by the is that the one by the water that's the, the phoenix f- press one yeah that one and ferry street okay yeah so they have kind of a bigger well i mean the community garden grand acres is a pretty solid yeah. garden too so like a mini farm yeah but there's um, like a lot all over downtown that's right yeah i've seen yeah. a lot yeah. And um, do you get paid to do this program? Yes, we do. We get uh, 11 the hour. Hmm? 11 an hour? Yeah. All right. And how is that for, like, is this your first job where you've gotten paid or have you had other other jobs? Um, um, go ahead. You can go. Previously, I worked with the um, Urban Resources Initiative where I um, plant trees in urban communities. Yeah. And I did that before I started working with the New Haven Land Trust. And how are you liking this as a job now? 
I like it pretty good. Yeah. Are there things that feel really challenging about it for you or that you don't like so much? I don't like planting as much as <laughs> I like the business side. The business side. Yeah. All right. And how about for you? Um. Well, I don't know if... Well, I used to work like as a babysitter. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's what I got before working here. And I like it. I like it because we like we all get along and like it's like so good like our bond is really great Mm. and so i think that that's good because like if you go to a job obviously there's always going to be like like someone you don't like or something some people just do it like for money and like they don't do what they actually want to do but like in this job everyone gets along and we always like fight like friendly like friendly fight like like brother and sister it's like nice it's mm-hmm. nice yeah and um you said that your family's from ecuador and you you told me before the show that you just got back from a two-week oh, trip yeah. to ecuador <laughs> um how w- did you grow up in ecuador or you grew up here i was born and grew up here and i would always go to ecuador though but i stopped going to visit yeah yeah how is it for you? Like, you just got back. What are some of the things that you miss <laughs> from there? What do you notice about being here? Um, the stuff, Some of the stuff I miss from Ecuador? Yeah. Um, it's really sad. Honestly, it's really sad. Because when you see people over there, it's sad how they live. Like, they don't live like they everyone does here. Mm. Like, the houses are made out of, like, wood. Like, sticks. It's, like, really, really sad. And... Everyone is always working over there, always working. They always try to find new ways to work. And there is this um, place called the Campos. Oh, they grow corn, they grow vegetables so they can stay alive. They have cows, they have horses, they have chickens, everything. And so I really like that. Going to the Campo. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's really nice. And also my grandparents... They live in El Oriente, and it's, like, it's, like, really hot over there. And it's, like, all trees and stuff like that. And they have so many chickens. <laughs> they have so much. And I like staying with them. Yeah. Well, like, it's different for me. That's why. Because you never appreciate what you have until you see, um, like, how other people are living. Like, it's really sad. Mm. Yeah. So it changes your perspective when you come back here. Yeah. Yeah. Before you go there, do you have, like, like are there feelings you have here that maybe you're, like, um, feeling unsatisfied about, but then you go there and it changes how you think about things here? Yes. Like, what kind of things? Yeah, like, um, it's okay. like, I don't know, it's, like, sad to talk about. Yeah. Because, like, if you if you go, and like, like, let's say, like, I, like I get mad because I didn't get, like, this pair of shoes or stuff like that. Like, it's sad because over there, the kids that only wear one pair of shoes every single day. And that's like, I don't know, it just breaks my heart so bad. Mm -hmm. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, so every time we go over there, we bring um, clothes Mm -hmm. and we donate it. Yeah, Yeah. I understand what you're talking about. (laughs) It it is really challenging. And I think, like, we get Uh, used to the place we're living and, like, the surroundings we have. mm -hmm. And then being in another place and really seeing the reality of life. Mm-hmm. It can happen from neighborhood to neighborhood. It can happen from country mm-hmm. to country. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel you for real. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard. 
This is The Table Underground. We're talking today with Giselle Kondo and Anaje Stevenson about their experiences in the Growing Entrepreneur Program and as teens in New Haven, Connecticut. This is WNHH 103.5 FM. So Anaje, I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about your experience just as a teenager in New Haven. Like, I'm sort of interested in how... Like I hear that you're sort of business oriented and thinking about like learning these skills, but can you share a little just like, what's your experience of high school and what, what kind of things are you interested in? Um, my experience with high school yeah. has been pretty good so far. It's like when I was younger, I thought that high school would be like how they portrayed it in the TV shows, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like that. So what's it like? It's like, <laughs> in some parts it's like that, where like the drama and like the different personalities, but like it's not the same with like getting to leave campus for like lunch. You have to stay, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks. <laughs> but, you know, you get used to it. And And have you grown up in New Haven your whole life? Yeah, I was born and raised in New Haven, but when I was in fifth grade, I moved to Atlanta for a year and okay. then came back. Nice. And what's your experience like when you're outside of school, just walking around like as a young black man in New Haven? What is your, or a young black teenager? I don't know if you want to be called a man or a teenager, <laughs> but what's your experience like of how people treat you and, or just like how you feel just walking around the city? It's been pretty good so far. Most like most likely because all I do is stay inside. I don't really go outside much. Not that social. No. No, but oh. at this point, it's been pretty good. And how about for you? Like, there's so much, um, there's so much racism in our society, yeah. and so much like negative talk about Latino, Latinx, Latinx people. I know it's often directed as like Mexicans as like this yeah. re- way of talking about like all Latinx people, all yeah. South American, Latin American people. But how is that experience for you as somebody from Ecuador? When you go to a new school, people like they try to get to know you, like some people. And they always try to guess where you're from. I don't know why. They always try to. Every time they try to guess where I am, every single time they say Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. <laughs> and I just feel like not like. They shouldn't think that every single Hispanic is Mexican. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like so many. There are so many countries like, and from cultures. Venezuela or like from Honduras or from Peru. Like, I don't know. I I don't like that. Yeah, I, I really don't. Also, they think that I don't, I don't like that everyone. Well, not everyone, but like people are thinking that that the Hispanics are taking like the jobs or something because. I saw this post and it was like a homeless American and he was just sitting there, right? And then on the As other side. As in like a white American, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And he was just sitting there like on the sidewalk and right next to him were Hispanics. They were working. So I, d- I don't know like how to feel because people always say that they're taking their jobs, but Hispanics always try to find something to do. They're like, like if anything, Hispanics don't really have like much of a choice to, for men, it's mostly either 
construction or like painting or like like stuff like that and so i don't know it's I, I don't like that there's racism like we sh- we're like we're all equal like yeah. i don't i don't understand i mean i understand but like i don't understand like how other people can think like that yeah yeah it is it is a really crazy thing and yeah, I think like feeling lumped into a group never mm-hmm. feels good when that doesn't actually represent who you are in your culture, whatever yeah. that is. And yeah, the whole idea that people are taking jobs, like everybody is just trying to survive and take care of their families, yeah. right? And like people forget that in a lot of ways, the United States has destroyed the economies of a lot of other countries and has also like supported dictatorships and t- and yeah. like taken out democratic governments and things and done a lot to destroy economies in other cultures. And so... Th- a lot of people are coming to this country because they they can't survive or stay where they are and mm-hmm. they have to come here and yeah it's um yeah it's really it's bad. a really it's a really crazy thing so because that's why most of hispanics want to move over here for a better life for their children yeah that's a challenging thing so i'm curious like the the two of you are in this program that's a business development like entrepreneur development program why and i'm going to ask you anashi first like why um, do you think it's important to be starting a business? Like you could be just like learning about gardens. Why is learning business skills something that's important to you? Learning business skills is important to me because I feel that everyone should be able to like survive on their own. If like say you can't find like a regular nine to five job, I feel like you should have the skills to like create something that you love to support you and yeah that's yeah what, I'm what are some of the skills that you've learned so far you you said like having to pitch your idea what and and how to figure out the cost of a product what are some other skills or like things that you feel have helped you so far some skills that have helped me so far are like figuring out how like to market the product mm-hmm. and how to, like, understand, like, how to, like, get in the mindset of someone when they're looking at a product and, like, wondering if they should buy it or not. Mm-hmm. Like, how to, like, like you said, pitch it to them to, like, it'll be in their best interest to buy this <laughs> product. Most people who buy the product are people who, like, bought it once mm-hmm. and then liked it, so they mm-hmm. keep buying it. And, yeah, I mostly just, like, work on selling the vegetables at the farmer's market. Oh, okay. Nice. And how has that part gone for you? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Did you want to share any business skills that you have learned that oh, are yeah. helpful to you? I have something to add to what he said about yeah. communication. Mm-hmm. Um, There's, like, I don't know. There's two sides to me. One side is I'm very outgoing and I'm, like... Like, I'm, like, not shy, and, like, I go to talk to people and stuff like that. And then the other side is that I'm really shy, and that I don't... It's confusing, but, like, it really depends how I'm feeling because mm-hmm. I like interacting with people. It's just that it, I get nervous sometimes, and right now I might not seem like that, or it may seem like... I'm not sure, but, like... You don't seem nervous right now, <laughs> But I don't know. I tend to get, like, comfortable with people once, like, I see them and, like, start talking to them. Um, Yeah. So that's what I like that I learned. Mm -hmm. And um, 
how to price a product i like like he said i think that's very important and it's better because how how are you gonna like make profit if mm-hmm. you don't know like like how much it's costing you to do this or to that mm-hmm. so yeah and is it important to you like that you're selling things to people in the local area that like you're using local products what what's important about that um most people cannot afford stuff in new haven and i just feel like we're giving them an opportunity like to like have organic stuff for like a cheap price because most organic stuff costs so much money and where we sell it at is near the quinnipiac well it's on the quinnipiac river and we try to put everything um, at low cost, but at a cost that we still make profit. Mm-hmm. And so, you're, so you're talking about the vegetables from the garden, or are you talking about the soap and candles and things? The vegetable and the soaps and garden. Okay. Yeah. Because right now, where we, at the farmer's market, there's only three tents. Mm-hmm. One is ours, one is for bread, and another one is for also like vegetables, corn, stuff like that, and mm-hmm. fruits and honey. Yeah. They have different varieties of stuff, and I think it's good that we we try to sell them at a reasonable price for everyone and not just for, like, people who are rich or stuff like that because mm-hmm. organic stuff is really expensive. Yeah. yeah. And do you find, like, a lot of people from the neighborhood come down Yes, yeah. a lot. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So is there anything else y'all want to share about just, like, doing this program, being teenagers? No, nothing comes to mind at the moment. No. <laughs> I don't know. I like being a teenager. Some days. Some days I don't. Yeah. I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I was older, but then other days I'm like, no, I don't want to grow up. <laughs> no. I have, like, panic attacks because you worry about so many things. Like, when you're younger, about how it's going to be when you're older. And I don't know. It's like... What are you feeling um, worried about? <laughs> I know this may sound weird, but... You know how when you're, like, a child, like, like my mom... Okay, so let's let's say I'm, like, a mother. And I have a, and I have a child, right? Like, I don't know where to go to do all that stuff. Like, the paperwork and stuff. So I just... I don't know. It like I don't know. I get like a panic attack because I'm like, oh my god, like anything could happen in life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> like so, anyone. But think about like, how do you know what to do with right now? Like with school, doing this program. How do you know those things? Well, um, our school actually um, recommends it for us. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's nice. But you can't always depend on someone to like give you everything you know what i mean so you also have to look at other stuff because i actually did the grant program in the summer Mm -hmm. not this summer but like last summer and i think that helped me a lot because i figured out that i love history and i love everything so (laughs) i i think i think that that's very well like to do like a bunch of different programs or to do like so many other stuff and being active because I do soccer and I'm in like three dance groups so yeah I think it's important for everyone to be very active in their life 
even good. when you're older. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have this idea of being yeah. older, all of a sudden you're going to be on your own with like yeah. no people around to talk to? <laughs> I uh, feel like I actually thought that as a kid, it caused me a lot of stress. But the reality is that like you have a lot of people around you now to ask questions to, right? Yeah. And it doesn't actually change. Like when you grow up and you, if you decide to have children, there'll be other people around you having children who you can ask questions to. So it's not like yeah. you have to figure it all out by yourself. Just like right now, you don't have to figure it all out. Obviously, as a teenager, you have like more help. But I don't yeah. think you have to be too worried. I think, <laughs> I think, I think you got this. So um, so can you tell us, how can people find your products? And Najee, how can people find your candles and Najee's candles? At the moment, yesterday mm-hmm. was, as far as I know, our last farm stand at the Quinnipiac River. So at the moment, you can, like, message us at the um, New Haven Land Trust Facebook page. Okay. And ask for a candle. All right. And we'll put the links to all that up on, on um, the tableunderground.com so people can find you. And maybe you'll give me some pictures so people can see a little a little picture of what your candles yeah. are like. And how about you? How can people find your soaps? Um, I, I actually post, like, pictures or videos on my personal, like, Instagram. Mm-hmm. But we're working on making another Instagram. Just for the soaps? Yeah. And tell us the name of your soap again. Um, Natural Body Treatments. All right, and can we find can people find it through the New Haven Land Trust, the Growing Entrepreneur yeah. site too? Yeah. All right, good. Well, I don't think we're going to send people to your personal page, <laughs> yeah. but we will send people there to the Land Trust, and um, yeah. you can give us some photos. People can check out your stuff. Thank you for coming on, both of you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Many thanks to Esther Rose Willen at the New Haven Land Trust for the work she does to support the teen entrepreneurs and for helping me set up this interview. The New Haven Land Trust and New Haven Farms are merging into one organization that oversees both local community gardens and nature preserves and also provides numerous types of land, water, and food-based education. You can find links to them at thetableunderground.com or check them out at newhavenlandtrust.org and newhavenfarmct.org. When the weather turns cold, I like to start making lots of hot drinks at home, and once in a while, that includes hot chocolate. I thought I'd share a recent kitchen experiment with you that went really well. It was making hot chocolate but using dates as a sweetener. I've started to sometimes use dates as a sweetener because they have a low glycemic level, which means that it doesn't make your blood sugar spike as much, and they're not refined like using white or even brown sugar, which has gone through a refinement process that takes out minerals and other things. So this hot chocolate, uh, you can start with any uh, milk base you like. I used an oat milk this time, which is a milk that is non-dairy and also is a little better for the environment than using a nut milk because oats take a lot less water to produce than nuts. So you can use cow milk if you like, you could even use water if you like, uh, or any other kind of milk substitute. So put as much milk in a pot as you want to end up with in terms of how many cups of hot chocolate you want and then throw a couple dates in. I think I used roughly two cups of milk and maybe four medjool dates which are those really dark um, more gooey kind of dates. If you don't have those and you have the deglet kind of date which are the ones that are a little bit drier you might want to use one or two more. So the idea here is that you don't really actually need a recipe. You're just, I'm going to give you the ingredients and you can add a little more, tweak it, make it how you like it. 
So I put in a few dates. I think it was roughly four for about two cups of milk and then a few spoonfuls of cocoa powder. And I warmed all of this in a pan. When the dates got warmed and started to get soft, I actually threw the whole thing in the blender and pureed it. This made the dates really smooth and made the milk very creamy. So there's no little pieces of dates in there. It's just nice and fluffy and creamy. I poured it back into the pot, warmed it up some more, and I added a little pinch of cardamom, which I love. You could also use cinnamon, um, a little pinch of salt is wonderful, uh, any other spices you like, or you could just keep it straight to cocoa, milk, and dates. To make it a little richer, I added a little spoonful of butter that I whisked in. The oat milk doesn't really have much fat in it and neither does cocoa powder. One of the things that can make hot chocolate really nice is that it's very creamy and fatty. Um, that's what makes chocolate nice. It has cocoa butter mixed in. So I used a little spoon of butter. Um, if you want to keep this vegan, you could use a little spoonful of coconut oil instead. And while the mixture is hot, just whisk it in until it's nice and frothy. Pour it in a cup and enjoy. You can find more info on everything in this episode, as well as photos, links, recipes, and past shows, all at thetableunderground.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on all the social medias to stay in the know. Please support the show by taking a second to write a review on iTunes or in the comment section of our website. I'm Tegan Engel, and this is The Table Underground. Thanks for listening. This is 103.5 FM, WNHH Community Radio in New Haven, Connecticut.